Welcome to the Ardent Archives, a ministry of North Clay Baptist Church. Here we explore the writings of church history in order to edify and equip the saints in their ongoing discipleship. In this series, we are reading and discussing The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Written in the late 1600s, The Pilgrim's Progress is an allegory of the Christian life, following the main character, Christian, on his journey from the city of destruction to the celestial city. More than any other work in the history of the church, The Pilgrim's Progress captures both the struggles and joys of living the Christian life in a way that is not only accurate, but enjoyable to read. So prepare yourself for an epic adventure as we embark on The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Hello again and welcome back to the Ardent Archives. We are uh, discussing the Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. I am your host, Pastor Drew Bieber, and I'm here with my co-host, Pastor Josh McDaniel. So as we've discussed this book, we have looked at uh, uh, what it means that Christian uh, carried this burden, what exactly that burden was, uh, how he he traveled with it, how he ended up getting rid of it. And we also have looked at what uh, salvation is, uh, not just uh, allegorically represented in Bunyan's book, but also what true salvation is uh, in the life of, of a believer. And so today, one of the things we're going to be discussing is this idea of true pilgrims versus false converts. As we read this book, Christian, once he is made aware of his burden, is set on a path towards the celestial city. And we see that as he is on this path, he encounters several people, so many different people. And obviously, in Bunyan's allegory, these people are given names that point to their status as either a true pilgrim or as a uh, false convert or as not a true pilgrim. Um, And we see it up front. I mean, immediately. Right. Because of their name. Yeah. We know where they stand. And so Bunyan makes it it abundantly obvious for us who the good guys are and who the bad guys are that Christian meets on his journey to the celestial city. And so first I want to talk about uh, who are the true pilgrims that we meet on the path? And uh, then we're going to get into who are the false converts and, and sort of what distinguishes a true pilgrim from a false convert. And if you have been uh, listening to us uh, in this discussion so far, I think you'll have a good idea of what we'll get at uh, once we get to that point. But when it comes to the true pilgrims, obviously the uh, sort of main pilgrim that we are introduced to that we know is Christian. Right. He, it, it is his story that we are following. Uh, we do meet other pilgrims, but we, we haven't followed their story in the same way that we're following Christian's journey. And I think that's important, uh, an important distinction because in the same way that we're only allowed one person's viewpoint or one person's eyes to see through, we're only going to see our world through our eyes. You yes. Know? Yeah. And, and so we are only ever going to see our burden. We are only ever going to see our certificate. And I'm speaking in the allegorical terms like Bunny right, would use. Right. Um, but we are only going to ever see those things. But along the way, we are going to experience and see things. And we're going to have to ask the question, is that person on this pilgrimage? Is that person in the faith alongside me? Is that person a false convert? And we're going to be in the same way that Christian was. We're not going to have eyes to distinguish. 
Right. Who has a certificate? Who has the mark on their forehead? Right. Who's, who's actually been to the cross? Right. right. We, we, we don't see that. Who's who's actually gotten rid of their burden? Let, let, let me see your let me see your back so I can see if your burden fell off or not. And it's it's not we're not you know we're not going to meet a guy named. Mr. Worldly Wiseman, you know, where it's not going to be as on right. the nose, you know, so it's a little bit more difficult for us in the sense that we actually are living a life. We're not living an allegory, yes. you know, but we can still see how all these things are fleshed out. So, yeah, we're, we we see everything through the, the viewpoint of Christian, and we obviously know that Christian is a Christian because we have seen his burden be released from him at the cross of Christ. We've seen that he's been given a certificate and that he's clothed in these righteous garments and that now he is set on a path that's before him to the celestial city yes. and he will be given entrance to it because of the work of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in salvation and because he has put his trust in Christ and he's walking the straight and narrow path that has been put uh, before him by by God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and by reaffirming it through guys like evangelists and and, yeah. and and men like that, and so we see other pilgrims on the path mm-hmm. with him. Obviously, the the two that really stick out are faithful and hopeful. Yeah, um, those are uh, two other pilgrims that he meets on the path. Uh, Christian walks with faithful um, for a good while before faithful uh, meets um, uh, meets his end, um, through martyrdom, through martyrdom. Yeah. By, by standing up for, for the faith. Um, and it is through faithful's martyrdom that we meet hopeful. Hopeful sees this example of faithfulness, uh, from faithful and, and from Christian as well. And he is, is set on the path to the celestial city as well. But we also meet some other people on the path also. Um, uh, uh, most notably, we meet evangelist at yeah. the beginning of Christian's journey, and very quickly in Christian's journey, we meet another um, sort of sort of good guy, if I can call him that. Yeah. Uh, on the path at the swamp of despond, we meet help mm-hmm. as as Christian is is sort of being uh, overwhelmed by the swamp. Uh, he meets help, and help helps him through yeah, he the does. swamp of despond. I mean, again, it's so on the nose, you yeah. know. But I mean, it it's it's very beneficial for the reader, you yeah. know. Oh, yes. He, you know, you don't have to wonder, hey, is this guy who's walking up to Christian stuck in the swamp of despond? Is, is he, he going to help, help him? him? Well, his name's Help. <laughs> I think he's going to. You right. know, it's very, very good for the reader. Yeah. And obviously, we meet several, you know, good guys on the path. Uh, we meet um, the man at the gate. We meet uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. other characters in the house of the interpreter, as well as at the Palace Beautiful. Uh, we also meet... Uh, uh, shepherds at at the delectable mountains, and yeah. we also meet other good guys at, in uh, Beulah Land. And at this point, uh, there's almost a question that needs to be answered because we see pilgrims on the path, and yet we see pilgrims meeting other pilgrims who are not journeying in the same way that yeah, they are. They're they're not they're not journeying onto the celestial city. Rather, they're pointing Christian and faithful or Christian and hopeful right. or who, you know, they're pointing them to the celestial city. Say, that's the right path right there. There's, there's yeah. where you need to work. And so they're good guys. They're pilgrims. They are and lumped obviously into we, it. We, yeah. we, you know, like, like you've already mentioned, we only see things from one perspective. We only right. see things from, from Christian's perspective. Uh, but yet it does seem that some of these, these good guy characters um, are, are, are almost separated from the rest of the pilgrims in the, 
in their journey. Their journey, their pilgrimage to the celestial city doesn't look like like Christians. Christians starts, it's almost, um, you know, it's almost linear in a sense. He basically starts at the city of destruction and he basically goes to the celestial city and he meets a lot of stuff along the way. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, the first uh, friend that we meet is evangelist. Evangelist is not making his way to the celestial city. No, he's actually gone into the city of destruction. He, he did. where he meets Christian there. Yeah, you know, and so you have to you have to ask the question: Why is he not journeying on the you know on the path to the celestial city? Right. Why is he meeting Christian? Yeah, uh, and I, I think that's a significant question, and I think it's a, it's a a significant answer when we see these people on the path. There are there are. Most, I would say, I would say most believers are called to be in the world and they're called to be lights in the world and they are called to be in the world, but not of the world. Yes. And, and what that means is they're supposed to have jobs in business. They're supposed to be, uh, you know, the, the, I guess the old adage is they're supposed to be tent makers. They're supposed to be the fishers. You know, they're supposed to be the the people who are engaged in things of the culture, uh, business, livelihood. And they're supposed to be doing that kind of a thing. And as they go through that world, they are to be lights in the world, just like Christian is, just like faithful and hopeful are. They are called to, as they go, be lights along the path. And that's a distinction from from some of these other good guys because these other good guys are not making their way through the world in the same way that that Christian is. Instead, their, their focus is not to make their way through the world. Their focus is is on other pilgrims. It they, is. It's to encourage. It's to admonish. It's to build up. It's to set straight a path before Christian and hopeful and uh, faithful. It's it's to help them along the way. Yeah. And I do think that that it is Bunyan's intent. And I, I do think that it's that scripture points it out that there are those who are genuine pilgrims who are absolutely believers, who have been given the certificate, that the burdens have been removed, they come through the cross, but they are led to a place by the king, by God himself, to a spot, and they say, I want you here. Yes. And I want you here for the intent purpose of being able to help those who are in the world but not of the world, and right. you are to right. encourage them, and you are to point them in the right direction. Yeah. I think that's what evangelist is. I think that's what the shepherds are. Uh, the maidens, I think that's what help is. I think that those are people who are called uniquely to serve God in this world by ministering to pilgrims. By ministering to pilgrims. Yeah. And obviously the the connection that we can make to, you know, real life is 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 pastors. Right. Is, elders and yeah. is, is elders, is shepherds, where uh, you know, pastors are set apart from the rest of the sheep for the purpose of ministering to the sheep. Right. And you know, we have some some great people here in our church, some great businessmen, some great mm-hmm. um uh some great individuals. Uh and and if we even look at our pastor, Pastor Tim, you know, he was once a businessman. Yeah. He was once uh, a pilgrim in the world, making his way through the world until God had called him to the pastorate, until God called him to minister to his people. And it's a completely different call. It's a completely different call. But it, there is no distinction between he is still Christ's. Right. He is still 
bought by Christ, yeah. saved through Christ, but he has been called out. Uh, he is in the world, and he is not of the world. Right. Oh, but sure. he is his, sure. his, his, he's been called into a different place that where I want you to serve is for the pilgrim, whereas the pilgrim is called to interact with people that the shepherds never right. will. Right. Yeah. And, and again, speaking of our church, we have, we have a lot of people uh, with a lot of different backgrounds and, and callings here in our church. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, uh, we have businessmen, we have um, engineers, yeah. uh, we have military men. Um, and, and these people have been called out by God, but are placed in the world to be lights in those mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. There's no way for pastor Tim to be in the plumbing business to also be in the engineering business, to also be in the military, right. to also be in a, a teacher in schools. There's no way he can do all of these things and be lights in all of these places. But when the body gathers together and the body goes out into the world, we're able to reach all of these areas because God has equipped each and every one of us to be lights right. in different ways. And what God has done for, at, uh, for, for pastors, for elders, for leaders, is he has called them out specifically to equip the church. Right. To be lights in their respective Because areas. I can't be in all these other places, right. but you are. Yeah. So let me encourage you in the word of God so that you can go out there and you can do it. And so you can live with your eyes focused upon the light yeah. of the glory of the gospel in the face yeah. of Jesus Christ. And obviously every analogy, every allegory will break down at yeah. a certain point. Yeah, so we're not does. trying to make this a, a dogmatic or a very rigid uh, explanation of these things. But I do think it's helpful for us to to recognize uh, the distinctions that Bunyan lays out, uh, but then also the distinctions that the scriptures lay out for for Christians, uh, but then also for pastors and elders. Um, and I think it's good for us to identify, okay, what has God called me to? Has God called me to minister to the saints? Has God called me to be a light in this world? And then to live out what God has called us to. And it's it's unique also that that along the way, Christian never sacrifices his duty to tell all these other people who are on the path with him, whether they are believers, whether they are true pilgrims, or whether they are unbelievers, false converts. Yeah. He is never without a word of the gospel to those people. He is always actually being a light. And the, the, the failing that we have so often in, in America and, 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 and uh, probably in many other places all over the world is the mindset that we need to leave these kinds of things up to the professionals. Right. You know, right. and that is nowhere in Scripture. And not only is it nowhere in Scripture, it's nowhere ever practically seen in any literature of uh, biblical teaching. Right, right. We are always under the call to be lights in the world. Yes. Not just in the world, but lights in the world. Yes, yes. And for us to fall back on, well, I'll, you know, I'll invite them to church so the professional can can give them the 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 gospel. Right. Or I'll, you know, I'll take them over here to this person because they're the pro that is completely wrong-headed in our mindset. Yeah. We are to be as a pilgrim like Christian was, like faithful, like hopeful was that as you go you're going to meet people who are along the are, are in the world with you and they need to know the gospel. 
Yeah. Well, we see as well with, with Christian um, and with, with faithful as well, that they were, they were pretty doctrinally sound. Yeah. They were pretty uh, theologically astute, if we can put it that way. And they got it through being in the word. Yeah. They, they knew their stuff um, and they did not shy away from, uh, you know, from theological study, from scriptural study. Mm-hmm. They, 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 clearly like you said were in the word and and sought to know what the word said and how it applied mm-hmm. and and so it, it they never at any point said well you know hey if you just head back to the city of destruction evangelist is there and he'll he'll help you out right he'll he'll, he'll tell you what's what no 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 they they never uh, shied away from proclaiming what God's word had to say in, in a given situation. Yeah, they didn't shirk their duty just right. to send them to someone else. They said, no, this is my call. Yeah. And 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 this is a person that has been brought into my life for such a time yes. as this. And I also think it's telling that at any point, whenever Christian meets anyone, he he always identified himself. I am a pilgrim yes. on the way to the celestial city. Yes, the, the, it is my badge of honor. Yeah. This is who I am, first and foremost. And I think that could be a lesson to to a lot of us. You know, I know at different points in in, in my life, um, you know that that was not the identifying marker for me. Yeah. Um, and and certainly, if somebody asked, well, you know, well, hey, who are you? Right. It, I, I did not start with, well, I'm a Christian saved by grace. You right. Know? And I'm sure if we did meet people who did speak like that, we would it would come across as not very genuine or authentic or or even cheesy at some points. Yeah. But, but I do think it's, it's, it's interesting that when we are introduced to Christian and then whenever Christian introduces other people, he clearly identifies himself as no, 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 I'm a, I'm a pilgrim. Mm -hmm. I am not, uh, you know, I'm not uh, made for this world, but I am instead made as a light to this world. And I, on my way, I am in the service of the king. He Again, he's been branded points. by the Holy Spirit. Yes. He there is no doubt who he belongs to. Yeah. And uh and he will make he will make no allusions to anything else. Right. And so in addition to these true pilgrims, we also meet several uh false converts. Mm-hmm. And you know, I went with the term false convert because at some point or another these people were on the path. Yeah. They were either on the path when they met Christian um, some of them were actually uh, uh, journeying on the path with Christian. Some of them were just sort of there, right? Uh, in a sense. Um, but uh, uh, but we do meet several other characters who are clearly not uh, true pilgrims. Yeah, and, and just to just to name a few, you know, we met obstinate and pliable at the very beginning yeah. of Christian's journey. Uh, we also met Mister Worldly Wiseman. Um, it's kind of hard to tell what what his story is yeah what 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 could he possibly be about right we also met formalist and hypocrisy mm-hmm. we also met timorous and mistrust and uh a simple sloth and presumptuous as well were some others uh a few other big ones were mr byans uh uh we'll, we'll spend some time talking about him as well as ignorance and we also met uh, guys like talkative and and demas at, at the hill lucre and so we see all of these different types of characters on the path and it's Again, thankfully, you know, Bunyan made it very clear for us. It's obvious they were not true pilgrims by the names that he had given them in right. this allegory. Um, but what is it that exactly distinguishes some of these false converts from being true pilgrims? And then I do want to spend some time talking about just a couple of these uh, of these people 
um, just because I, I do think that their story is is very telling as far as uh, understanding the people that we interact with in our Christian in our yeah. Christian walk. Yeah. So the biggest difference. Um, and, and Christian goes back to it time and time and time again when he meets these these people on the road and he starts engaging with them and he asks them, did you come through the cross of Christ? Yes. Did you come and are you his? Did you come because of Jesus? And one by one, all of these false converts Oh, no, we didn't do that. There's many ways to get to this path. There's yeah. many ways to get. No one from my city or no one from my town starts there. That's in the wrong direction. We start at this other path or this other entrance, and yeah. we're going to get to the same place. And they've put their trust in, I mean, there's there's myriads of ways that Bunyan kind of brings it about. You know, they put their trust in something else other than Christ. Yeah, yeah. And, that's the distinction. Every single one of the false converts thinks they are going to the celestial city based upon something that is not Christ. Yes. And they're wrong. Yeah. They're just dead wrong. And they are exposed as being wrong throughout the journey. And Christian does it not by pointing a finger and yelling at anybody, although there are some very... Uh, uh, heated discussions. Yes, I'll say, yeah, heated way. is a very good word for that. There are some very heated discussions, but in no way does Christian ever stand as condemning them. Right. Rather, what he does is he takes them to the scripture, and every single time, the scripture condemns them. Right, and and I do think that's that's an important point to make, is that at no point does Christian say, well, let me see your certificate to see if you're a true pilgrim. Yes. In the same way that we... In our daily walk with Christ, can't go well. Let me see your salvation. Show it to me. Yeah, prove and, it to me. And he also doesn't say, "Tell me your burden." Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? do, you, do you still have a burden upon your back? Yeah, sh- show me the proof that you've gotten rid of your burden. Yeah, show me it, the proof that your sins have been dealt with. And it's it's a it's a it's a good lesson for us to learn that that we don't as believers we don't make people jump through hoops to prove they're in Christ, and we also we don't look for a person's burden yeah. in this allegorical sense. We don't look for a person's sin to condemn them from be- we can't see it. Yes. yes. So what do we do? We take them to Christ and we do it by way of the revelation of scripture. Well that and that's the other thing is that obviously again Bunyan makes it very clear that these guys are not true pilgrims. Yeah. Uh, but they are shown, they are proven to be false converts by the measure of God's word. Right. And that's, and that's what we see Christian doing time and time again is he never, he never asks to see their certificate. Okay. Show me the mark on your forehead. Okay. Show me that your sin has been dealt with. Uh, if your sin's truly been dealt with, then why do I see you sinning here? We don't see anything like that, but what does he do? He comes, like you said, he asks them, have you, have you been to the cross? Have you met Christ? Has your sin been dealt with? But then he also takes them to the word of God and measures them up against the word of God. Yeah. And, chapter and, and verse. And allows the word of God to make the determination. Yeah, that no, you're not. You're not truly saved. You have not been born again. Because if you were, the Scripture lays out that there's fruit that would be evident, that right. that, that would show that you have truly been saved, that right. you truly have encountered Christ at the cross. Right. Absolutely. And 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 that's a lesson for. That's a lesson not just for pastors. Pastors alone don't need to be in the Word of God to be able to take yes. people to it. If you are. If you are claiming to be a Christian, a light in this world, you had better 
know that precious word of God. Yes. Uh, and you're not going to know it well enough. Doesn't matter how long you've studied it, but you better know it. Yeah. You know, and, and there are times, there are times Christians get, Christian will get confused meeting with somebody and he's always blessed to have either faithful by his side or hopeful by his side. There's times that hopeful gets turned about, but he's blessed to have Christian by his side. That's another thing. We're not meant to live this life alone. We are meant to, as we go, develop relationships, friendships, camaraderie with other like-minded believers. And we are to help each other along the way. Yes. And, we should encourage each other to be in the word. There are so many times, particularly with hopeful, maybe more so than with faithful, that that they encourage each other in the word of God, that they that they that they grow in their understanding of the word of God because of their relationship. Yeah. Christian does grow in his relationship or his understanding of the word of God through um, evangelist. He does grow in his understanding of the word of God through the maidens and, yes. and the shepherds. Most notably, he grows in his understanding of the word of God through the interpreter. Nobody helps him more than the interpreter. Right. But I actually think the interpreter is the Holy Spirit. I believe the interpreter represents yes, the Holy Spirit. I would agree with that as well. In the book. But the person that helps him most other than the interpreter is hopeful. It's not one yeah. of these guys who's called to stay. It's one of these guys who's called to walk with him. I think that's a big deal. And as they walk together and as they grow in the word of God, they can distinguish a false convert, not because they stand in condemnation, but because they know the word of God. Yes. And that's a vital thing to know. Yeah. And and so I want to take some time to just talk about a few of these false converts. Uh, the first one I do want to mention is is pliable. Yeah, uh, and pliable is obviously a false convert because um, he's pliable <laughs> because he's pliable, right? right. But uh, if you remember from the book, uh, Christian leaves the city of destruction, and everyone in the city is in an uproar. And so, obstinate and pliable both go to get Christian to come back. And when they meet Christian, Christian says, no, 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 I I can't go back with you. I have to find a way to get rid of this burden. Right. And as he is explaining his 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 dilemma. Pliable is persuaded, and he yeah. and he says, "Well, if what Christian says is true, well, then like I'd like to go with him, yeah. right? He, like if if he's right, then I, I would rather go with him." And very shortly after that, they come to the swamp of Despond, and Pliable uh, makes his way back home. Well, because Pliable and Christian both fall into the swamp, yes, you know, yeah. and they both get trapped there. But because of Christian's burden, Christian doesn't have the strength to get out, but Pliable not being weighted underneath it. Yes. He can worm his way and wriggle his way out of despond and he gets out and he decides I'd rather go back to destruction. Right. This is this is too much. This is too much work. Um and so we see that we see that all over the scripture, we see it in our own lives. These people who man, they can be persuaded. Right. Um they or, can, or, or or they have some sort of emotional reaction yeah. to to some of the truths of the gospel. Yeah. And yet the they never they are never brought to Christ right as soon as the as soon as the rubber meets the road they they fall away yeah they have no stomach for it um, because they've identified themselves as a pilgrim they meet hardship yeah and the second that hardship comes they turn their back yeah you know and and that and that's pliable was never interested in Christ. Pliable was interested. Right, right. He wasn't in, even interested in getting rid of his burden. Right. Pliable was interested in, 
oh, that celestial city sounds nice. Right. Ooh, that, oh, and if our city is going to be destroyed, that yeah, sounds bad. Yeah, I don't want that. I, the celestial yeah. city sounds... He was interested in, in whatever glittered, you know, uh, yeah. in front of him. And I do think that sort of the... Um, uh, if I can put it this way, sort of if Pliable had stayed on the path, I do think he would have ended up as, as atheist did, which they met much later in the book, Yeah, which they are heading towards the celestial city. And I think at this point they can see the celestial city and atheist is, is, is walking in the opposite direction. Yeah. And he basically says, man, I tried it and it's all false. Yeah. And so I'm going home, yeah. you know? And I, I do think that if Pliable had, had continued on the path, had continued on the path and not encountered Christ, I do believe he would have ended up like atheists. That yeah. you know what? No, this is this is a joke. This isn't this isn't real. Either that or like ignorance. He would have yeah. he would have eventually gotten to the celestial city and and immediately been tossed. And he out. never came to the cross. Yeah. Um by ends is one of the characters that 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 fascinated you a lot. What was it that 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 fascinated you so much about by ends? Yeah, by ends, um particularly by ends was very um uh, I guess slimy is the word I would use. <laughs> I think that's um, appropriate. If there know, was another word to name him, maybe slimy could have been him. Yeah, yeah. He was very clearly a um, a uh, a false convert. He was mm-hmm. not a true pilgrim. Uh, but it, man, it it really kind of just made my skin crawl hearing him talk about religion mm-hmm. and talk about how well I like religion when it suits me. Yeah, when the winds are fair and the seas are calm. Yes, of course, I, of course, I will engage in religion. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't suit me, well, then I let I let it go. Right, and then that, that, that just kind of smacks of of the the current age, you know, and everything. The whole idea yes. that was popular when when I was growing up, the whole idea was look out for number one. And of course, yeah. everyone was always talking about themselves when they were saying look out for number one, or or you know, just just be true to yourself, you know. And yeah. it's it's all me focused. It's all it's all so egocentric. Yeah. And you know, I, and I may just be making this connection because of our, you know, we just went through a a a big political election, but it, it is the politicians who come to mind when, when I read about buy-ins because yeah. for a lot of these, you know, you know, so-called, you know, conservative, you know, Christian, uh, political candidates, it seems as though they will use religion to, uh, bolster their base, mm-hmm. to get the votes. And then once they're in office, they're, uh, their governing style, their litigating uh, methodology is not consistent with scripture. It's mm-hmm. almost as if, well, when it suits me, well, of course. But if I'm going to lose votes by being a true Christian, well, then I'm not going to do that. Right. If, I'm, if I got to stand on Christian principles as as an elected official and, and it could cost me votes and it could cost me my seat. Well, no, I'm not going to do that. But hey, I'll I'll give a nod to the base. You know, I'll yeah. say. You know, I'll I'll say the right things at that, you know, at, at the particular rallies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when push comes to shove, no, I'm not interested in, in truly being a, a pilgrim in the same right. way. Because it does not yeah. benefit me. And obviously it's easy to point those sorts of things out in other people than it is uh, in yourself. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't want to I don't want to make the mistake of saying, well, this sort of attitude is only out there. But. But that is one of the images that that comes to mind when I when I read worldly wise men yeah. is this sort of like you had Mr. Byans, uh, Mr. Byans, yes, that's that's correct. Um, but uh, the other one I did want to talk about was worldly wise men, yeah, and he was another interesting one again. And these names are so on the nose, yeah. you know, this worldly wise man, yeah. you know, and and uh, we meet him fairly 
early. Yes, he is very early. Um, he is right after the Swamp of Despond, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And it, it, it's really at it, with Mr. Worldly Wiseman that we that we see the only other reference to someone else's burden. Yeah. And it's he meets Christian as Christian is is on the path. And he basically tells Christian, hey, there's another way to get rid of your burden. Several people have have gone on pilgrimage in the same way you have. And several of them have found another way to get rid of their yeah. burdens. And, you know, just uh, just going back to the book uh, 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 here in this chapter on worldly wise men, he says, uh, why in yonder named uh, or yonder village named morality? There dwells mm-hmm. a gentleman whose name is legality. He's a very sensible man, having a good reputation, who has the ability to help remove such burdens like yours. Yes, to my knowledge, he has done a great deal of good this way. And besides, he has skill to cure those who are somewhat crazed in their minds because of their burdens. To him, you may go and be helped in, in a short while. His house is not quite a mile from here. And he, uh, uh, and if he should not be at home himself, his handsome young son, whose name is Civility, can help you as well as the old gentleman himself. And you've just got to appreciate Bunyan, you know, because what he does is he paints this, he paints this, this image, this picture of, you know, we look at it and we see it as disastrous. Yes. You know, but it is appealing to Christian at the time. Very appealing. Well, he even starts to make his way that direction until he comes to, um, I think he came to a hill or something. Yeah, an evangelist comes up there and meets him. He comes to uh, uh, Calvary. He comes to uh, Golgotha. Uh, I believe it's Golgotha that he comes to the skull, the place of the skull. I thought it was Sinai is where he comes to. Oh, it is Mount Sinai. Oh, it is Mount Sinai. Yeah, I think it's it's Sinai. It is Mount Sinai. but he comes up to this hill, and of course, worldly wiseman's advice is completely false. Yes, because he's yes, it's Sinai, not Golgotha. Not is because he comes directly in conflict with that which he's learned from the law. Yes, uh, the, and he the, finds that if he seeks to to be righteous under the law, the law is going to crush him. Yeah, and 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 he's faced with that. But worldly wiseman is so interesting in that he. He can't see the burden of Christian right. any more than Christian. There's no way he can. But he's he's worldly wise. He's wise enough to know that there is a problem in this world and there's got to be a solution. Right, right. But because he looked for worldly solutions and became wise among the ways of the world, his answers were morality, civility. Right. His answers were in things that you can do and things that you can accomplish on your own strength. Right. And, and from a worldly perspective, these things can pacify your burden. Yes. These well, things can ease the pain. Well, okay. If I can, you know, if I can sort of conjure up enough goodness in myself, well, then I won't feel so bad about this burden on my back. Well, and, and, my sin won't seem so bad if I can just try harder. You know, at least I'm trying. And even stuff, you know, things as, as difficult as, as, you know, painful sins that, that everyone acknowledges. Things yeah. like being a drunk, you know, uh, you, you've got things that are not Christian that say, hey, we'll help you fix your problem. Yes. Alcoholics Anonymous. Anonymous. You know, you've got things like that where, hey, we can fix your problem. Right. We can rid you of your burden. Yeah. And, and it's, and, and there's, I'm not, you know, making some sort of statement that that's a a wrong thing that, you know, to help people get out of that is a wrong thing. It is a right thing. It is a, a moral thing, you know, and it is good. But if the ultimate 
end is not pointing you to Christ, it's not good enough. Right. And the only place that sin can truly be dealt with, and as Bunyan said, can never be seen again, is only through the cross. Right. There's no other way. Right. Uh, and then the last the last character I want to talk about is is ignorance. And like you've already mentioned, ignorance is very much a gut punch as, as you read his story. Um, and we see ignorance all the way up until the celestial city. And, and he's so the two biggest gut punches in the entire book are faithful, who is a true pilgrim and ignorance as I read it, because faithful is martyred for his faith in Christ yeah. at the at, at Vanity Fair. And it is just it, 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 it just causes such a reaction from me, you know, that, that that he stands up for the truth right there and Vanity Fair just condemns him for it. And right. Kills him for it. And it's such a gut punch. But ignorance is the next biggest gut punch to me. It's for a completely different reason. Right, right. He has fooled himself that he really is a pilgrim, but he is ignorant of the real means of salvation. Yes, yes. And he even, but he's, ignorance is the right name for him. Absolutely the right name for him because he has convinced himself he is a pilgrim when he is not. And so yep. he has made himself a fool above fools. He is ignorant, but he's not unintelligent. Right, right. Because as he journeys along and as he talks with Christian and hopeful, hopeful in particular gets a little swept up in some of the things that ignorance says. And, and hopefully even considers a few things, not for long because Christian's there with him. Yeah. But ignorance says some things that I hear people who profess to be Christians yes. say. Yes. He hangs his hat on things that I've heard others hang their hat on. And it is not on Christ. It's on something else entirely. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm he, trying to trying to think of some of the things he says. Well, you know, he says, I, you know, I've, you know, I've lived a good life. You mm-hmm. know, I pay, ta- I pay tithes, you know, I give alms. I, 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 you know, I, I try to do the right thing. And I've heard several, I've heard several coworkers. I've heard several friends. I've heard several, uh, several people make those same claims that, yeah. yeah, you know, Jesus has washed my sins away. And now I just, I try to live a good life. And his testimony is on something that's not Christ. And, the reason why he's such a gut punch is because after you get to this amazing climax of the book where there's such a rejoicing, they make it to the celestial city, Christian and hopeful, get there after all these struggles and after all these joys, after all these triumphs and defeats along the way, they make it there and you see it's everything that they have said it was and it's more. Yeah, Ignorance gets to the gate he stands there yeah and he is fully convinced he's about to go into the joys of this kingdom as well and he stands there and they come out and it has all been a sham yeah where is your certificate yeah i want to read this exchange between christian and ignorance here in in the chapter on ignorance christian says you may find some difficulty there how do you suppose that you will enter the gate of the celestial city Ignorance replies just as other good people do. Yeah. 
And Kristen says, but what have you to show at the gate? This is the only time we even see an implication that, hey, you need to have a certificate. You, you need to have, Christian doesn't ask it. He doesn't ask to see his certificate. Right. But he says, when you get to the celestial city, they're going to want to know if you've been born again. They're going to want to know if you've received true salvation. Right. He says, what have you to show at the gate, which will allow you to enter there? And here's what ignorance's reply is. He says, I know my Lord's will and I've lived a good life. I pay every man his due. I pray, I fast, I pay tithes and give alms. Also, I have left my country for the very purpose of going there. And so, like you say, he is completely deceived, self-deceived. He thinks that this is what it means to be saved, to know God's will, to live a good life, to pay every man his due, to pray, fast, tithe and give alms and to leave your country for the purpose of going to the celestial city. And it, it, it reminds me of Christ's warning. And it's, it's such a, oh, it's, it's it, the, maybe the scariest words in, in, in all of Scripture. Matthew 7, beginning in verse 21 through verse 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day... Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And ignorance is that person. Yes. Man, he has said, Lord, Lord. He has given alms. He's even left his country and he's on this pilgrimage. Yeah. But he did not come to Christ. And so what he believes is something that's completely foreign to the gospel. He believes in his own efforts and his own strength. And it's disastrous for him in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that that's that's truly what separates the the false converts from the true pilgrims. And, And that's really in... You know, when it comes to when it comes to real life, if we're stepping out of the story, when it comes to our walk with Christ, to our daily walk, when it comes to our own pilgrimage, the question will be, have you been born again? Have you come to Christ? Have you received true salvation? Because the reality is, is that if we're not in Christ, we're doomed for destruction. We hope that you enjoyed this discussion of the Pilgrim's Progress, and we hope that it has been edifying to you and your walk with Christ. Now, this conversation is by no means exhaustive, so we pray that our discussion leads to meaningful conversations with friends and family as you consider what it means to be a pilgrim in this world. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to contact us at podcasts at northclay.org. For more information from North Clay Baptist Church or from the Ardent Archives, visit our website at www.northclay.org. We look forward to learning with you again soon here on the Ardent Archives.